Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. Today's episode is dedicated to one Molly Edmonds before she... Parted ways with uh, with stuff Mom never told you. She requested a very specific topic, vagina dentata. She recently watched the movie Teeth, which I have yet to see. <laughs> I know. I really want to see it. Um, and she thought that for any of you out there who have seen Teeth, uh, she said that it was an interesting take on not only the myth of vagina dentata, but also on female sexual empowerment. Mm -hmm. So I really need to see it. But although she did warn that, like, I think it's either the IMDb page or the Wikipedia page totally gives away the entire plot line. So don't, don't look it up that way. Uh, So of course, if Molly requests a podcast, we got to do it, right, Caroline? We're doing it. And we're going to talk about vagina dentata today because little did I know that it is one of the most pervasive folklore myths across the world. Yeah. It's been found in India Asia and Native American cultures. It's mm-hmm. been found everywhere. And I think, uh, I think that just goes to show that a lot of people have been afraid of women for a very long time. Yes. Female sexuality. This is the ultimate, this episode really sums up the ultimate, um, <laughs> fear of the unleashing of female sexuality and the, of course, the castration anxiety that we'll get into. I mean, this is, it's going to be a good one, Caroline. Right. I know. We're going to cover a lot of ground. So where, where should we start? Um, well, we can start with, uh, some re- uh, recounting of some myths. Oh yeah. We got a lot of, we got a lot of folklore and myths. To we do. Out. Yeah. And, uh, in 1919, they, they were talking, they've been talking about vagina dentata for a long time. Yeah. This is not, I mean, it was, of course it's, it's taboo. It's a taboo myth, but you know, they've been talking about it for a while. Mm-hmm. In 1919, the Journal of American Folklore recounted the Chippewa myth of vagina dentata. Um, basically, a young woman's husbands kept dying. She kept getting remarried, and they just kept dying. And so, eventually, a new husband he was he was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out why they keep dying." So, of course, he marries her, which you know, I don't know. <laughs> so they they start to have sex, and he forces a stone inside of her, and hears this terrible scraping sound. And when he checked the stone, he found snake teeth on it. So naturally, the elders of the tribe killed the girl mm-hmm. and found a huge snake inside of her. Yeah, the thing of this, like the snakes inside of vaginas mm-hmm. comes up a lot. And the yeah. notion of maybe the teeth in in the vagina, in the vagina dentata, which obviously we should probably go ahead and say that translated from the Latin is, is vaginal teeth, if you yeah. haven't already put that together. <laughs> Toothed vagina. Toothed vagina. Toothed. Um, and yeah, this, this idea, this symbolism of snakes comes up a lot. Um, and it's also, uh, related to Medusa. Right. A lot of researchers, uh, compare the, the snakes on her head, not only as little vagina dentata, you know, in themselves, mm-hmm. but also her mouth. So like the, the snakes would be her pubic hair and mm-hmm. her mouth would be a scary vagina, vagina dentata. So much symbolism. Uh, and then following up in 1943, we have the British Journal of Medical Psychology publishing research, um, about the Bega tribe in India that has, um, a similar tale to the one we just talked about with the Chippewa. Uh, there was a Brahmin and his attractive daughter who were begging at a house. And once everyone went to sleep, the girl snuck off to steal 
cucumbers, mm. little, little imagery. phallic imagery. Um, but the bega caught her and forced her to have sex. But the teeth in her vagina castrated him. And then his sister-in-law of this <laughs> rapist, basically, mm-hmm. um, convinced the girl to reattach the penis. And he was able to pull her the teeth out with a string. And eventually they fell in love and ran off together. Happily ever after. Because he was able to tame the... The woman, Tame right. the Vagina. And the ending of all of these myths, I mean, they're all so similar. They all have this hero figure who mm-hmm. comes in, uh, is, is, he's like, I'm not going to fall for this, the, you know, the thing that all these other men have fallen for. I'm going to figure out what's going on. I'm going to get these teeth out. Yeah. He gets the teeth out and then, you know, they usually get married. Or- and everything, yeah, the, the tribe becomes happier Everyone's, and yeah, harmonious. Everyone- like this, this woman with her rampant sexuality, <laughs> like we really need to get those teeth out. Let's get those teeth out. And the, the folklore scholars refer to that, uh, male hero figure as the super phallic male. Mm. And a lot of times they'll have, um, there's, there's a lot of imagery with either, and this comes up a lot in um, Native American folklore of wooden penises or stone penises that they will forcibly insert into these um, you know, sexually wanton women to mm-hmm. break the teeth, right. thereby taming their sexuality. Right. And this comes up in the Hopi myth of the Jimson Weed Girls, which is actually a band somewhere. Um, but the <laughs> Jimson Weed Girls. Yeah, it is. Um, the Jimson Weed Girls are linked to the idea of a toothed vagina because the actual Jimson Weed is a prickly, rank-smelling plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the women in the tale are anthropomorphized Jimson Weeds that represent oversexed, unmarried women. How scandalous. Uh, who capture men and torture them. Right. Um, with the teeth in their vagina. And of course, this too ends with uh, the women being tricked and the teeth being broken. And in this case, it was wooden penises were used. And then they were copulated to death is a quote. Oof. Yeah. Ouch. Well, then, um, it's not always the, uh, the teeth in the vagina, the vagina dentata mm-hmm. that, uh, has, shares this exact, um, symbolism, but also teeth, also teeth in the mouth have a lot of loaded meanings in folklore, mm-hmm. um, such as with the Babinga tribe in Australia, mm-hmm. they would equate the loss of teeth in a man with phallic loss. And that you have the same kind of symbolism in New Guinea and Africa. And I think that you mentioned, Caroline, that the Bega tribe in India is they have genetic links to right? Yeah, genes. when I was reading uh, the whole the whole myth about the Bega tribe and the Brahmin and begging and cucumbers, um, the Bega are actually related genetically to very closely to the Aboriginal people in Australia. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean that's interesting in and of itself. Yeah, and in the study um, uh, examining the psychoanalysis behind all of this folklore, mm-hmm. uh, the scholar points out that these kinds of myths. I mean they're they really are everywhere. And that was the most fascinating thing to me. It's a cross-cultural motif. Yeah. And um, when it comes to psychoanalysis, the question is, you know, are these um, are these myths, is this folklore, does it go back to um, a fear, a male protective origin, which is basically a fear of men, you know, someone coming along and lopping off their penis? Or mm-hmm. is it a fear rooted in the regenerative power of female sexuality in which they will be symbolically castrated via intercourse Mm -hmm. because they've also compared the notion of vagina dentata and intercourse um, as, you know, this hero journey into the underworld. 
right. that you that you see in a lot of like Greek mythology, right? And like and uh, the gates of hell that <laughs> yes, that has been tossed around right. in a lot of these articles that we read. Um, that yeah, a man is is entering the gates of hell and comes out diminished, right? Just you know because of um, very metaphorical. And and I think at this point we got to talk about Freud. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, the giant. I mean, uh, psychology elephant. There. <laughs> yes. Um, now you mentioned, uh, the common symbolism between mouths and vaginas and mm-hmm. all the teeth therein. Yes. And Freud basically said that in the unconscious, opposites are equal. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of these myths, uh, you have women devouring men or, or eating their hearts right. or like vampires even. Um, and that is sort of tied into the vagina dentata myth because teeth, ripping, evil, mm-hmm. blood, gore, sex. Yeah. So it's all kind of equated. And the whole, the whole idea of castration anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I also found it, um, really fascinating that among all of this vagina dentata folklore, there's the notion that the clitoris is actually the remaining tooth mm. from, uh, from the vagina dentata, the last tooth that hung out, I guess, after the rest were either forcibly removed <laughs> or poked out with a wooden, wooden penis. Right. Um, which is kind of interesting that they would, that you would equate that the pleasure center mm-hmm. of the female body with that kind of frightful aggression and destruction. And, um, one scholar explained it as symbolizing the perceived insatiability of female sexuality. And it also links into the whole mythology around breaking the hymen, which we've talked about in a primer prior episode. Um, and if you, you know, once, once that happens and once the girl quote unquote loses her virginity, then I mean, all hell will break loose for, for men on earth. Kristen, you talked about women's, you know, insatiable lust mm-hmm. that meant, you know, they were afraid of. And it kind of ties into this Aztec tale of serpent hunters and deer ladies. Um, basically, these these hunters uh, were after some deer who ended up turning into women. Mm-hmm. And one of the women, uh, with her teeth, tore open the chest of one of the serpent gods and ate his heart. Okay. So that ties into the whole vagina dentata teeth Eating of hearts. Destruction of men. (laughs) The destruction of men. Exactly. Well, the remaining hunter and the remaining deer lady get together and she kind of becomes his goddess or something along those lines. Anyway, right after that, so she's become his goddess. He goes off to make war. Mm -hmm. And um, the author says that this is an elaborate displacement of masculine anxiety from the female sexuality, which generates it to the battlefield where it is enacted, and then to the temple ritual, where it is appeased in fire and blood. And what they're talking about is how, uh, you know, battle was waged to get uh, people to sacrifice. So it's appeasing this goddess who's like, I got to kill everybody. So it's like if she can't have... Uh, the sex, then you gotta make, yeah, make the war, make the war, either either blood or yeah, or lust, and in this case, both. Um, uh, yeah, I just like it, it. Might seem kind of hokey at this point to be talking about, you know, to, uh, today to be talking about vagina dentata. I mean, when I saw previews for the movie Teeth, for instance, mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, a horror movie about vagina dentata. That's that's kooky. But when you trace back all of this 
folklore mm-hmm. and not only, you know, how in the number of cultures that it shows up in and how far back it goes, it kind of does make you wonder whether or not it did lay some kind of foundation for, you know, a lot of the archaic gender roles that mm-hmm. we talk about and sort of blocking off like women's sexuality mm-hmm. as a way to... I don't want to say keep us down because that sounds so, so victim, <laughs> keep us down, victimized, but, um, well, I mean, there is, there are psychologists who talk about the divisions between men and women and how we are, you know, we're either from Mars or Venus and we're scared of each other. Um, in his blog for psychology today, forensic psychologist Stephen Diamond argues that men and women harbor a deep seated primordial fear. Of the opposite sex. Primordial, so that we've always had it. But see, that's also, okay, so Jung also said, Carl Jung also said that boys develop this feminine fear in order to establish their own ego. Like, they have mm-hmm. to break away from their mother. But see, all this stuff, Freud, Jung, Mr. Diamond, with all due respect, I mean, also breaking down uh, this this male-female, you know, men are scared of getting their penises lopped off by women also kind of negates the whole concept of gender as a fluid spectrum. Mm -hmm. It does. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't forget about that. So I think, you know, obviously all of these myths and the, the notions behind them are extremely outdated. Right. But, um, they still persist in, this was the, the craziest example that came up actually in a couple of, um, sources that we found were examples of, Vagina dentata symbolism in mass culture today, mm-hmm. such as mm-hmm. the movie Jaws. Oh yeah, I wonder if Spielberg if that ever occurred to him. Yeah, was Jaws supposed to be a female? Was Jaws a female shark? Shoot, I don't know. I don't know, but it did come up a number of times. Like this is this gaping, uh, yeah, toothy mouth. I don't know. I know they had a up. lot of problems getting the shark to work during the movie. Um, but here's the question though: in, in medical history, I mean, can can vaginas grow teeth? That's a crazy, silly kind of question to ask, I know. But, but they, they can. Oh, but you can grow them on other parts of your body, too. It's not just your vagina. Don't worry. So, <laughs> you might be one of the lucky ones who get a, gets a tooth in the eyebrow. For, so let's back up a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure need to explain this. Confused. Yeah. So shifting gears from uh, psychobabble to... Um, medical, the, the, the physical, from the mind to the body... Mm-hmm. Vaginal dermoid cysts is probably the closest that we physically can get to vagina dentata. Right, yeah. Um, in 1999, Dr. Dean Edel wrote in his blog about a gynecologist in Virginia who actually spotted some teeth in a vagina. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this could come as a surprise. You're I mean, not expecting it. Well, yeah, they weren't like, in, let's keep <laughs> in mind, they weren't like ringed around no. the, the vulva. No, they weren't chomping. Right. They weren't chewing or talking. <laughs> They were not like a full They're row just, of pearly whites. Right. It's just like a tooth here or there. <laughs> they didn't know? have, they didn't have braces. <laughs> no, no cavities. Um, what he saw was actually a dermoid cyst. And these are derived from the outer layers of embryonic skin and are actually capable of growing hair, teeth, bones. And like I said, they can occur anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, they typically will happen on, um, they'll grow inside on the face, inside mm-hmm. your skull, on your lower back and in the ovaries. Um, and there have only been five instances of vaginal dermoid cysts reported in English literature. But we thought it was definitely worth mentioning mm-hmm. that 
Yes, teeth teeth um, can grow down there. And for anyone who listened to our podcast on um, whether or not you can carry your own twin, this is not the same thing as fetus in fetu, in which um, one twin's fetus will absorb into the other and at some point turn into kind of a tumorous mass mm-hmm. that might also contain teeth and fingernails and bones. I'm making a face. You, are, you remember making a face. Um. Yeah, there was actually an instance uh, reported in uh, an issue of biomedical research. The case of a 36-year-old woman was discussed. They removed a mass from her vagina that was full of sebaceous material. And we saw pictures. And fair listeners out there, please don't. Uh, Caroline <laughs> sent me this study. And uh, I warned and, her. And she did warn me. You know, she was like, Kristen, what, you know, this is open up this PDF, but you cannot unsee what you will see. And I just take it from me, uh, friends. Friends listening out there, you don't want to see a photo of a vaginal dermoid cyst and it rupturing the sebaceous material Just, inside. I, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. Just imagine a giant zit that's been popped. That's kind of, yeah, because sebaceous material, it wasn't full of teeth. It was no. full of a uh, just greasy, oily. Right. But the, I mean, you know, those, that's along the same lines because there's something in that cyst that's telling it to grow this stuff. Right. So either whether that's hair or, uh, yeah, so, but, you know, like we said, these cysts are a rare condition. Mm-hmm. And the first was reported in 1899, and the cyst was found to have, again, sebaceous glands and hair follicles. Yeah. And the one that made me cringe the most is a woman was giving birth. And when she gave birth, a four-inch cyst broke loose and uh, was filled with the same sebaceous material and hair. And I apologize to anyone who's listening to this on their lunch break. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the I don't think there's any relation to all the, the folktales we've been recounting mm-hmm. and um, dermoid cysts. But right. I think it's, a you know, again, worth mentioning. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, all the all the mythology does have a meaning, you know, fear of sexuality, mm-hmm. etc. But, you know, it, it is interesting to to point out that. There have been teeth spotted on the body. Yeah. And the last time that vagina dentata came up in the news was last year, a South African doctor, Sonnet Ellers, uh, gained a lot of, um, got a, garnered a lot of headline attention for these condoms mm-hmm. she created called Rape Axe. And she's a South African doctor and, um, South Africa is a country with one of the highest rates of rape in the world. Mm-hmm. The World Cup was happening there. There was a lot of concern about, um, you know, a spike in sexual violence that might be going on, um, with all of the festivities. Mm-hmm. So this doctor, um, invested a lot of money into manufacturing these toothed condoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like those, what are they called? The Chinese finger traps? Yes. That's exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. With, uh, with teeth. With teeth. With teeth. Um, basically, the woman inserts the condom like a tampon, tooth side uh, in. Not, yeah. Not yeah, out. The, yeah. yeah. In. And so uh, when she's attacked during penetration, the jagged rows of hooks attached to the penis. And if he tries to yank it off, it only gets on there tighter. Right. Only, only finger trap reference. Only doctors can uh, safely remove this. And it doesn't. Presumably when the man has already been arrested. Right. And, um, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't break the skin. Right. There's no blood or anything like that. Um, so it seemed like it, it got a lot of attention. I remember seeing blog posts about it when, um, when Rapex first came out. And while it does seem like, um, a very, uh, 
ingenious deterrent mm-hmm. at the same time that, you know, there is a, a, a guy from the CDC in Uganda who um, countered that it, it's still creating a form of enslavement for women if they have to go out of the, their home wearing these Rapex condoms right. already inside like of them. Like they're expecting to be attacked. So, right. so the term was uh, basically a form of enslavement mm-hmm. for women because they've got to walk around thinking, okay, well, I'm prepared to this be raped today. Happen. Like if I'm attacked, I've got this thing inside of me. Right. And and some critics worry that it could actually lead to greater violence if, you know, the guy tries to, if a man tries to rape someone and then, you know, he gets this, has to go get this toothed condom removed and then goes back to seek some kind of violent revenge. Right. And I, I can't tell you if there have been any incidents of that. And I don't even know, um, and Caroline, I don't know if you saw any follow up on Mm-mm. how many, um, women have actually been using this kind of condom. Um, no, I mean, I saw all the main coverage from, uh, around the world cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, no follow up. Yeah. So if anyone has, has heard about, heard any follow up on, on the raybacks, that would be, that'd be good to know. Cause it's, you know, it's, kind of, it's an interesting concept and it definitely comes from the right place of yeah. wanting to, you know, prevent sexual violence and also, um, bring, uh, men to justice, you know, perpetrators to justice, not to say that men can't be raped as well. Um, but kind of questionable. Yeah. It's a little, a little controversial. Mm-hmm. And to end this very interesting podcast on a, on a bit of a lighter note. Yeah. Um, we have a public cervix announcement. <laughs> Actually, we don't. Um, Annie Sprinkle did. Uh, in the early 90s, she had a one-woman show called Post-Post Porn Modernist, still in search of the ultimate sexual experience. And um, <laughs> she would basically get on stage. Uh, she would give everybody sort of an anatomy lesson in the audience. She'd have pictures of, of all of uh, the plumbing that we have. And um, she'd begin her demonstration by douching over a toilet. Which we would not recommend. No, we do not recommend douching. No. The official <sighs> Stuff Mom Never Told You recommendation. <laughs> um, and afterwards, she inserted a speculum. And so clearly I am one of the few who doesn't have a speculum lying around. <laughs> In your bedside drawer. Um, yeah. And she invited the audience to walk by and take a look inside to see her cervix. And her reasoning was, she had a couple of reasons, but two of them were, Many of you have never seen a cervix before. Yeah. True. And two, I want to show you that there are no teeth in there. She was, she was seeking to bust that fear of women's sexuality and show, Hey, it's okay. Any sprinkle. Yeah. Man, what a firecracker. Yeah. She, she was an advocate for, uh, prostitutes rights mm-hmm. and, uh, she was a performance artist. She sounds like a poster person <laughs> for sex positivity. Um, yeah. and yeah, my, I gotta say my takeaway factoid that I will be telling people from this podcast mm-hmm. research is about the notion that the clitoris is the remaining tooth. Yeah. I think that's so, so fascinating. I had no idea. Um, I, I, no idea that that folklore exists. Not that I think that <laughs> that's actually a, a tooth. Um, so on Good that, to clarify. on that note, um, if anyone's seen teeth, let us know what you thought. Any other thoughts on vagina dentata? Uh, G-rated thoughts, yeah. folks, as if we always heard, say. If you've heard any other myths about it. Yeah, and if you do email us, you might want to um, leave vagina dentata out of the um, subject line because it will probably be filtered out. Yeah, but um, or our- <laughs> the boss will be standing over your shoulder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll be kind of awkward. Um, our email address, though, is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And we have two non 
vaginally related hmm. uh, emails to read here. The first one comes from Jennifer, and this is in response to our podcast on NASA. And she said, uh, I listened to your Freak Show podcast today, and at the end you read some listener mail in which the writer claimed that Star Trek helped NASA. Well, a few weeks ago, I was at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago and noticed a large picture of Michelle Nichols, who played Lieutenant Uhura in the original Star Trek. She was in a display in their space travel section. It turns out that she was a NASA astronaut recruiter for several years, presumably because of her role on Star Trek. And she, she said, while I was surprised, I also think it was a great idea. She's a fascinating woman. And among her recruits were Sally Ride, the first female American astronaut, and Gion Bluford, the first African-American astronaut. Good to know, Jennifer. Indeed. Thank you. This one comes from Rose, and it's uh, in response to our Female Scientist podcast. Uh, she appreciated our podcast because she says, I am a female scientist myself. I wanted to point out, though, that aspiring female scientists needn't necessarily look to their own gender for role models. I've worked predominantly with men in my career and education, and this has led me to reflect on whether my gender has ever been an issue. The best I can conclude is that it either has had no effect or perhaps I had been encouraged for precisely the fact that I was a young woman interested in science. This may be due to the fact that I am young and I work in a field, biology, with many female scientists already. However, I think it's safe to say that women shouldn't fear that they'll be discouraged from pursuing science and that they can find wonderful mentors in both men and women. An excellent word of encouragement. Uh, and if you have words of encouragement to send our way, because we we need it. Momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com <laughs> is our address. And you can also hit us up on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. And, of course, you can check out our blog during the week. It's Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House to Work's iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?